listeners, and welcome to the NK News podcast. I'm your host, Jacko Zwetslut, and today it is Wednesday, the 4th of May, 2022, and I'm joined here via Zoom by visual artist and filmmaker Chewon Jun. We'll be talking about his recently released book and 10-year-long project involving North Korean art and statues in Africa and African artworks in North Korea. Before we get started, I'd like to remind all of you listening, please, to leave a review about this podcast wherever you can, a review and a rating. And you might be wondering why I always ask you to do this, and that's so that people can discover our podcast more easily. Uh, Spotify allows ratings, but not reviews, and Apple Podcasts allows both. And nowadays, our podcasts are also available on YouTube, so you can leave a rating, a comment, and share that as well. Secondly, check out nknews.org and consider buying a subscription that helps to fund the excellent journalism that my colleagues put out every day. And third, don't forget to follow nknews.org on Twitter or me at JackoZ. And also for podcast suggestions and feedback, you can tweet at us or email us at podcast at nknews.org. Okay, so to introduce my guest today, Che Jun is a visual artist and filmmaker. One of his first projects involved photographing Seoul's red light districts. Now, about a decade ago, Chair started work on a documentary project about the monuments and statues made by North Korea for many sub-Saharan African nations. His project sought to create photographs, film and installation works that touched on Afro-Asian culture and identity. He's recently published the book, International Friendship, The Gifts from Africa, released by German publisher Kera. And you can find his website at cheonejoon.com. That's chewonjun.com. We'll also provide a link in the show notes. Welcome on the show, Wonjun. Hello, everyone. And thank you for having me. I'm very glad that you can be on. Uh, now, it's interesting to, uh, to begin with this project. I guess I should I should start with a little explanation. So you're a South Korean, uh, so it's not easy for you to visit North Korea. And so you ended up going all the way to Africa to look at things that North Koreans designed and made in African countries. And then you came back to South Korea to look at things that African countries had given to the leaders of North Korea. And along the way, you took photographs, you made films, you carried out interviews, and you even recreated objects using a 3D printer. What a fascinating project. Uh, Wonjun, how do you look at this project? Is it art? Is it history? Is it documentary making? Is it exhibition curation? What exactly is it? I want to call my project a multimedia documentary project. Yeah, that sounds fair. Good. Doc multimedia documentary. Yeah, yeah which, which consists of documentary film and TV doc a documentary film, mm -hmm. which means a film for cinema and TV documentary, yeah, and piece for museum and biennale. Oh, yeah, yeah. At, when I started this project, I was thinking about three channel uh, documentary film. Uh, three channel means three screen documentary at the same time. Yeah, yeah. It, it it is it is a kind of a, a experimental form of a documentary, but I didn't want to. Uh, present this film in a the classical way. Mm. Let's go back to the very beginning. How and when did the project start for you? Because you've been working on it for a long time. Yeah. Uh, when African Renaissance monument uh, 
inaugurated in 2012. Right, that's in uh, in Senegal, right? In the capital yeah. of Senegal. Yeah, I saw the news and I was fascinated by um, how North Korean made this um, huge monument in Senegal. And mm. I wanted to know uh, why and how North Korean artists built this huge monument. Right. But it was a little difficult to find some news articles and mm. information related to this subject. Then uh, I moved to Paris in 2013. Let me I just started... interrupt and say, uh, our, our yes. people who are listening, uh, if you Google uh, African Renaissance Monument uh, in Senegal, you can find some good photographs of this uh, impressive uh, statue that Wonjun is talking about. So, so that statue was uh, unveiled uh, 10 years ago this year in 2012 in Senegal. And so you saw the news about that. And that's where your interest began i guess in uh, in north korean statues in uh, in africa and and then right. tell us about what happened when you moved to france oh yeah um, before starting um before moving to paris i mm -hmm. wasn't I, I was i was interested in cold war uh issue Cor mm. of, of korea peninsula and yeah. uh u.s military station issue but although i'm close to this kind of cold war and borderline issue mm -hmm. Uh, doesn't mean that I am close to North Korean uh, art and culture or uh, political uh, information. Yeah. So uh, when I moved to Paris, I started the research on this subject. And for example, um, I was able to access North Korean website freely. All right, because our listeners might not know that in South Korea, those websites are completely blocked. You cannot access any North Korean website. Uh, because the South Korean government doesn't want you to see them. Right, exactly. So, yeah, I had no clue on this subject. Mm. And I, I I got to know that North Korean leader, the, the first leader of North Korea, Kim Il-sung, uh, fully supported the uh, African leaders and mm. uh, economically and culturally. Yeah. Yeah, and I I decided to uh, start this project when I saw open call of music Kevlangni. Sorry, could you say that again? At the Kaplangli Museum, Kaplangli Museum. So, ah. Yeah. When I, okay. When I when I first saw the news, uh, when I when I first the uh, grant program of Kaplangli Museum, I, I I made a decision to apply for that, and luckily uh, they selected my project. Mm. Yeah. Then I was able to start this project with the support of the museum. Ah. Yeah, and, and, and so with that, with that grant, you were able to to visit the uh, African Renaissance Monument in Senegal. Is that correct? Yes, but uh, not not even economic uh, financial support. Ah. They they uh they support. I mean, Africa. What I I did I didn't know much about Africa either. Yeah. Psychologically, North Korea is far away from me, but yeah. Africa also very far away. Uh, very right. far from yeah my country and yeah, physically and psychologically. So when I started this project, I needed kind of permission, mm -hmm. yeah, like a photography permission from each African countries. But mm. there's a, I mean, it's a little difficult to find uh, where I ask and where, where how much is the, the permission and yeah. the, all the process was mysterious. And then and I had a, um, the filmmaker's friend uh, in in Europe, in in Korea, but they also didn't know much about that. Mm. 
And then uh, Mujahid Kevrangli uh, sent their letter to Heritage Department of uh, Senegal and Congo and, and con- many countries that I wanted to visit. Yeah. And then I started the, uh, this project with the legal permission. Ah, okay. So they helped you with the sort of the bureaucracy of, of contacting the different governments and things right. like that. Yeah. Yes. But how many different objects, uh, including statues, buildings, and memorials, how many North Korean objects exist in Africa? I was trying to make this kind of list by myself, but mm-hmm. it's uh, almost impossible because oh. uh, when it comes to Manstai Art Studio, yeah, uh, they built, okay. A Manstai Oversea uh, Studio. Right, the uh, Manstai Overseas Projects, I think it's yeah, known Manstai, as. Sorry, yeah, that's, that's correct. <laughs> Manstai Oversea Projects, they built many monuments and buildings in about 18 African countries. Mm-hmm. But I knew that there, there were one more construction company called Bektu. Ah. Yeah, Bektu is more mysterious uh, construction company runs by... North Korean government, but uh, back to also built, uh, yeah, statues, uh, uh, yeah, statues, monuments, and buildings in uh, African, like, uh, yeah, many, I mean, quite many African countries. Mm. But, but Manstai Art Studio was a um, symbolic uh, art studio, sim- symbolic group of uh, artists, yeah. uh, then back to construction company. So, I focused on Manstai Studio then back to. Okay. In how many countries did you say uh, Manstai Overseas Projects? Did you say 13 countries or? Sorry, uh, about 18 countries. 18 countries. In Africa. Yeah. Yeah. But not included back to. Right. So, yeah. So back to, they, to and Manstai published their uh, own catalog. Mm, yes. And, and I was, be- I was able to, buy them in Manstai Museum in Beijing. Ah. Yeah, and I didn't, I didn't make a list because they just dealt with like their highlights. Right. So it's really difficult to make a complete list of, of every project that they have in Africa. Yes, that's what I mean. Would you say then, I mean, just as a sort of a rough guess, would you say that there are more than 50 different um, North Korean projects throughout Africa? 50? Yeah, five zero. Oh, not really. Uh, maybe okay. uh, I would say like about 25 countries. Yep. Yeah, but uh, it's, not, it's not the correct. Uh, some, many, many, many meteors, quite many meteors contacted me and about this kind of list. And, mm. uh, but I, I, I had to uh, give them an answer uh, ambiguously. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's still it's still mysterious. It's still a mystery, right? Now these days, uh, the the especially the company Mansadeh Overseas Products is uh, blocked by or is targeted by United Nations sanctions. But most of the sites that you visited were built uh, before there were any uh, sanctions on Mansadeh, right? Yes. Mm. Namibia had some issue with the UN sanction because North Korean. Mansdai Oversea Project started a uh, building work during the sanction. Ah. Yeah, yeah. Just before the sanction. Yeah. Uh, it was a uh, headquarters, headquarter building of uh, uh, military defense. Right. In Namibia. Yeah. So 
Namibia had to uh, broke the UN sanction, but UN but but ended up they also follow the UN sanction. Ah. Okay, so we, we so we don't know exactly how many North Korean uh, pieces of art there are in Africa, but how many were you able to visit? Yes, I was able to visit twelve cities in eight African countries mm. in Africa. Yeah, five years. Yeah, five years. About five years. And which uh, site, which location did you visit the most? I visited to Namibia and Zimbabwe and Senegal three times. Right. Yeah. So as a South Korean uh, and, and also as a South Korean artist, what kind of impressions did these monuments leave on you? Yeah, when I started this project, I wanted to see North Korean art and culture from African land. Mm -hmm. But it's led to diplomatic relations uh, between Korean Peninsula and Africa and also yeah. uh, deeply connected to kind of like a Korean war because mm. if Korean war didn't break out, uh, there is no uh, North Korean monument in Africa. Yeah. So I, I wanted to learn uh, North Korean art from Africa, but it symbolized the, not even uh, North Korean art. It symbolized history and like our current situation and, and it symbolized many things. So uh, from what I see, North Korean monument in Africa is like a traces of uh, our forgotten, like a hidden history. You mean Korea's hidden history? Yes, because mm. I mean, those monuments, those are uh, not that well known uh, until Senegal's uh, African Renaissance elaborated. Yeah. And after that, many meteors uh, has dealt with these issues, but uh, they are just focusing on North Koreans, how, how, how much North Korean governments uh, made foreign currency uh, from African countries, but right. actually... Yeah, before then, uh, Kim Il-sung, the first leader of North Korea, uh, built uh, many buildings and monuments for free to uh, make uh, relationship, I mean, kind of friendship with the African leaders. Right. Yeah, but uh, this kind of, all, all these like a, like a complicated stories, to me, uh, like an abstraction. Yeah. yeah abstract, like an abstract uh, history and the, political situation faced our our history yeah as you say it's, it's interesting because uh, for the first few decades of north korea's relationship with africa these monuments these statues and buildings they were gifts they were free of charge to the african leaders uh, and you mentioned that this was for the purpose of um, strengthening the relationship between north korea and and various african countries and their leaders but then later uh, sometime, you know, around uh, maybe in the 1990s, or certainly by the the year 2000, uh, North Korea was was doing th these projects as a money making enterprise, to as a business. Mm, yeah, I interviewed many people, mm. and um, North Korean defector who is former uh, diplomat of Kong DR Congo. Is that uh, Go Yonghwan? Yes, Go Yonghwan told me. Um, when North Korean economy was crisis, Kim Jong-il uh, changed their policy toward mm. African countries. So right. they wanted to uh, export their skill uh, to African countries. So it was a 
was an important, very important uh, moment because before then, the North Korean uh, support North, North Korea supported Africa, but after their uh, economic crisis, they wanted to receive like receive support from African countries. Right, right, yeah. Now you you also spoke to local people in the African countries that you visit, which is of course very valuable because it's important to hear the African voices in this project too. Right. And you spoke to uh, journalists, museum directors, architects, and just other local photographers and local people there. Tell us about what they said about the North Korean monuments in their countries, in their cities. How do they feel about it? Yeah, uh, each countries have different history uh, with North Korean governments and, mm -hmm. and leaders. So it's difficult to uh, generalize, but yeah. the most memorable uh, interview was when I was when I when I went to Madagascar. Mm -hmm. uh, people saw uh, I'm from uh, North Korea, yeah. and I was trying to uh, convince them uh, I'm from South Korea, but <laughs> they saw uh, North Korea. Uh, South Korea is like a part of like a South of North Korea. Ah, yeah. So they didn't even know. Uh, my country uh, has been uh, divided into two. Yes. So they thought uh, I'm from North Korea to repair their uh, water pump. Oh. Yeah, because North Korean uh, North Koreans built their like water pump and taught them agriculture skill. Yeah. Yeah. Their their town was very uh, wealthy, but now uh, the the former city mayor sold their water pump and the their uh, agriculture business uh, has gone so they oh. were waiting for a new water pump and they said I'm, I'm from north korea to fix that yeah <laughs> so it was very um weird experience so they must have been very disappointed when you said no i just came here to do some interviews about north right. korea right 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 yeah. but yeah. they but they they kept 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 asking me yeah. when uh, can you fix the pump yes when can yeah, yeah. when can i fix the the water pump yeah okay. now uh, i understand uh, having seen uh, some of your uh, documentary footage that there were mixed feelings about some of the north korean artworks throughout africa um particularly about the issue of whether the uh, statues of humans whether they look african or they look korean can you tell us a little bit about that uh, are you talking about the figure of a statue, right? Yes, the, the people in the statue, the humans in the statue, uh, whether they look African or Korean. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I knew the this kind of criticism. So I was expecting to see I was expecting to see North Korean face with mm -hmm. the African like body figure, yeah. but they doesn't look like North Korean. They doesn't ah. look like Asians. They look like Africans and mm -hmm. they yeah, they all beautiful. Yeah, and I was I was very um, impressed by a North Korean skill, and mm -hmm. uh, although they had some trouble with the locals, and for example, Zimbabwe, yeah. you know, North Korean North Korean sent military instructors, and they trained the Fifth Brigade, uh, where uh, killed the Blawaya people uh, during during the civil war in Zimbabwe. Uh, not civil war. Uh, they call it Kukura Hundi. It, uh -huh. It's a bit complicated history, but 
Uh, anyways, Mugabe's uh, special force uh, trained by North Koreans and they killed Bulawayo uh, citizens oh. from uh, 1982, uh, several years. And, and North Korean, when they heard the, the former president of Zimbabwe, Nkomo's statues, what statue was elected, their supporters and citizens highly criticized, highly, like it was like a kind of demonstration. So Mm -hmm. um, government had to remove the statue oh. and yeah and then when i had interviewed the son of Nkomo, uh, who is a politician in the city and he said it was um yeah they they they, they cannot accept north korean uh statue at all yeah, uh -huh. yeah but yeah it was replaced by it replaced to a new statue but it looks the same yeah it looks the same so, gosh yeah, yeah. So there's no differences. People just have it was like a kind of rumor. Yeah. Yeah. And there was also I remember um, one of the people you interviewed talked about uh, or asked the question, um, why can't we have a statue designed by a local artist? Why must we have something designed by a, a North Korean artist or architect or designer? Right. That's actually makes sense because there are many. Uh, good artists and sculptors, sculptors uh, in in Africa. Yeah, but there is a um, there's some reasons uh, that North Korean occupied uh, the statue business in mm. Africa, because when it comes to bronze statue, North Korea has the special skill, uh, which is uh, to cast mm -hmm. uh, big bronze, big oh, yeah. bronze sculpture. So. Only North Korean can cast a, a big bronze sculpture. Sculpture, mm. but maybe now is I mean maybe it's, it has changed. But when I visited to Senegal in 2013, his name is Atepa, who collaborate with the North Korean uh, the Master Obosi Project. Uh -huh. And he, uh, he said only no, he was he was uh, looking for uh, other uh, sculpture. Uh, sculptors or uh, companies but mm -hmm. only north korean was able to make big bronze sculpture oh okay so that's why they chose to work with with most yes. of their overseas projects yeah. so, so yeah. not not only uh cost wise yeah hmm. did you ever meet any north koreans during your visits to the african uh, monuments well yes i came across north koreans on the street uh, not on the street, but near near the construction site uh, where where they built. Ah, so they were still working when you were there. Yeah, they were fixing something, and they also made a new building mm. in Namibia. And 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 I I went there, uh, and I I was trying to talk to them, mm -hmm. but they just say uh, they didn't say anything. They just uh, yeah, smiled. Right. Yeah, but. It was very uh, weird smile. You you think maybe they were trained what to do if they see a South Korean? Yes, but I also have we have, we we also have the same uh, rule. If I meet North Korean abroad, I yeah. need to report to um, maybe police station. I don't know exactly. Anyway, so I I have to send a report about meeting North Koreans. Oh, yeah, and and I I'm sure North Korea have. North Korea has a more strict law on that. Yeah. D did you send a report? <laughs> Not really. <laughs>
Yeah. And yeah, uh, I think you uh, visited a uh, a building in Namibia. Uh, maybe it was an office building or a dormitory building, uh, and North Koreans were not there anymore, but they had left some documents and papers and rubbish. Oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, that was very um. Uh, yeah, they were very weird. Yeah. As I said, I had photography permission and, and filming permission. Mm -hmm. So From the government was, of Namibia. Yeah, and Namibia yeah. And, and, and each country that I visited. Yeah. Uh, without, without those papers, uh, uh, I couldn't do anything. Right. Anyway, and, and I, I went there and I, of course, the, it, was, it, was, uh, uh, it wasn't open officially, but uh, the, the guard uh, opened the door for us and we we entered the building and we filmed. Then uh, we found like a blueprint yeah. and attendant, uh, attend, daily attendance pay, uh, notes. Yes. Yeah, uh, in, in trash cam. Uh, and yeah, I didn't understand why they uh, throw them away. Anyway, right. it was very... Uh, meaningful archive of when I had this exhibition. So, if many people ask me how I get uh, this, how I obtain this kind of uh, rare right. items, but yeah, it was just coincidence. Yeah, yeah, it's a remarkable uh, discovery. Uh, and I understand that after you went there, that the uh, uh, Namibia-based journalist John Grobler uh, went yeah. and and he actually wrote some stories. You can f our listeners can find the stories by John Grobler. That's G O. G-R-O-B-L-E-R. -E uh, you can find out the stories on nknews.org, uh, a handful of five or six different stories uh, analyzing those documents found in Namibia. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I met John uh, three times, uh, ah. 2013 and 15. Yeah, he was very supportive. Yeah, mm. he, he supported my project and, uh, and I, I really appreciate what, ha what ha has done yeah, for, for my project. And then, as well as the uh, North Korean monuments and buildings in Africa, you also included in your project gifts from Africa to North Korea, objects of art. How did you find out about these gifts? Well, when I presented this project, mm -hmm. I wanted to show, uh, I wanted to display uh, this piece of art, uh, like a North Korean, like a promotional a loom, yeah, like a promotion loom. Yes, uh, so in between like a library and promotion loom, promotion mm -hmm. loom, that was a, a original concept uh, in 2014. So I built uh, archive uh, vitrines and and some uh, bookshelves. Then I I displayed the North Korean books and uh, the, the 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 document that I found in Namibia as well. Yeah, and then I found the very interesting book called International Friendship Catalog, yeah. uh, the Myonghyang Mountain in North Korean Information Center uh, in, in Sochodong. Ah, that's the, uh, at the, uh, the Korean National Library in South Korea, in Seoul, in Sochodong. Uh, yes. There is a, a one floor or half a floor, which is all materials from North Korea. Yeah, that's the North Korean catalog. I mean, the Myohyang-san catalog, mm -hmm. it, it contains uh, all the objects from African countries. And yeah. Well, every country, isn't it? Every, every country around the world. It's uh, uh, every, yes. every tourist who, or many tourists who, who visit North Korea 
they go to uh, the mountains right. in the center of North Korea, Myohyangsan, and they are yeah. taken to the International Friendship Exhibition, which is a gigantic mm. building mm. with tens of thousands of gifts received by Kim Il-sung. And next to it, there is another gigantic building with tens of thousands of gifts received by Kim Jong-il. Right, yeah. But uh, there, was, there was no Korean gift on the book. Ah. And, and they, focused, they focused on um, North Afri African, African gifts. Right. And gifts from Eastern European countries, and including uh, Romania and Hungary, and also, of course, Soviet and yep. uh, uh, Communist Party uh, in Japan. And uh, I wanted to borrow this book, mm -hmm. but the information center, yeah, they 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 said the book has a has a, a kind of like classified level. Yeah. So yeah, they're very strict at the North Korean materials room, aren't they? They're very strict. Uh, you cannot take any photographs or photocopies or scans or borrow the book. Not not all the book and and, and newspapers. Right, uh, some of them. Yeah, yeah, some of them. But the yeah. the, the book that I wanted, to, the North Korean, uh, the international friendship book, mm -hmm. has a, a very high level yeah. of uh, of this kind of like a uh, classification. So yeah. you, you uh, know, you know what's ironic, Wonjun? It's very funny when when you visit the the exhibition in North Korea, they also have a very high classification level because you are not allowed to take a camera into the exhibition. It's impossible to take any photograph inside the exhibition. So actually, North and South Korea have the same rule about the same international friendship exhibition. <laughs> right, that's true. I didn't know that, yeah. Um, yeah, so I decided to scan these images mm -hmm. illegally. Yeah. Secretly. Secretly, yeah. I didn't oh. want to say illegally, but uh, that's, yeah. The first time when when I when I when I when I saw the book for the first time, yes, uh, I fascinated by how North Korean photograph those objects because mm -hmm. North Korean, you know, we are already familiar with North Korean design and, yes. and film and their um um like a special aesthetic and very authentic. Yeah, but um I didn't see this kind of like a still photography. Mm. Yeah, so. It's all um, it's all uh, taken in studio, and when they when uh, and I can I could see their like background color, and then uh, the way of uh, uh, way of using lightings. Mm. So those are um, yeah very unusual to to me. Uh, so yeah, I, I I just wanted to get the images for um, like references or archives. But ended up the image was a, a little uh, distortion because the the scanner was very small, uh, it, uh, which was portable scanner. Right, it's a so, it's a hand scanner, not a uh, not a flatbed scanner. So yes, you have to manually roll the hand scanner down the page along the photograph, didn't you? Yes, right. So right. Uh, when I when I back my studio and I I checked the image and I was surprised. Because I didn't expect to see this kind of distort, distorted, but yeah. yeah, but the meaning was a kind of distorted, right? Because because uh, I I felt like a, this uh, distorted images symbolized something weird, like a twisted uh, meaning, original meaning of objects. Yeah. So um, I decided to use uh, images 
as a photographic series. Mm -hmm. And also uh, I, I made the uh, 3D, 3D print, printed sculpture uh, using the, the images. Right, you made a, a, a replica with a 3D printer of these, yes. uh, of these objects. And as you said, because the images had been distorted, it's not a perfect replica, uh, but it's still a, a kind of replica. Right, yeah, it, it's kind of replica. So when yeah. I presented this 3D printed sculptures yeah. uh, with the North Korean books and photographs, and North Korean artist, uh, painter, uh, North now he he's a, he's a South Korean uh, Sun Mu. Oh, Sun Mu, yes. Yeah, Sun Mu was uh, one of the presenter of the show, and it was a big group show in um, National Contemporary Museum of South Korea. Yep. And then Sammu told me uh, he was a, a kind of shocked because he saw uh, some artist or uh, the National Contemporary Museum borrowed uh, those uh, objects from uh, North Korea. <laughs> yeah. So I, I was uh, I was I was uh, surprised uh, because I didn't expect to hear this kind of um, yeah feedback and mm -hmm. yeah and, and I also uh, made. Um, the display, um, like a vitrine, uh, similar to North, original North Korean um, Myohyangsan exhibition hall. Right, because all the objects are behind glass. They're shown in gigantic uh, display cases or vitrines, right. as you call them in, in French. Right. Uh, and they, the, the guides always like to tell us that there are so many objects that if you look at each object in the exhibition for one minute, uh, you will be there for, I don't know, 126 years or something, some crazy number like that. So, you know, there are yes. literally tens of thousands of objects and they never have enough time to see everything. So you just see a, a small selection. Actually, I should say that on YouTube, if you look on YouTube at, um, uh, if you search for International Friendship Exhibition uh, in English, or if you search for Gukje Chinson Cholamguan in Korean, you can find some official uh, videos from North Korea which show uh, these objects. But as I said, the tourists themselves are not allowed to take photos, but they do make some official videos which are available uh, on YouTube. Mm, yeah. Right. So you, uh, so you made these, uh, these um, replicas. Are, are they still on display somewhere? Can people still go to see them now, your uh, well, items? I, I don't have a... Um, any any um, exhibition schedule of the sculptures at the moment, but mm -hmm. if I have a exhibition, I will uh, I will share the information with you. Right. So, but they are somewhere in storage still, I guess. Yeah, storage in yeah. In, in, in Paju. Right. <laughs> so during your uh, decade-long project, did you ever have any visitors from the National Intelligence Service from South Korea? Oh, that's a very interesting question. Um, well, when I first presented this this piece uh, in Seoul Metropolitan Museum, the curator and I worried about uh, not not even a national national security agent. Mm -hmm. We were worried about right wing grandfathers. Ah, yeah, terrorists. yeah, because they were um, more. They are aggressive and they are more uh, dangerous than mm. um, national security agent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, luckily uh, we don't have any uh, issue with the national agents mm. and uh, right wing uh, the the 
the Korean flag group. Yeah, the yeah. Taegoki, Taegoki, uh The Taegoki Warriors. Yeah, Taegoki Warriors. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. And yeah. you, you never had any trouble from the uh, North Korean materials library in Sochor about uh, scanning those photographs? Uh, well, I don't have any issue until today, but That's I great. don't know. Let, let's hope let's hope it stays that way um this so this project that you worked on for for so long uh looking at north korean gifts in africa and african gifts in north korea has this taught you anything about relationships between korea and africa well um after this project hmm. i was i mean i i'm mean, i didn't know much about relations between asian countries and African countries. Yeah. For example, um, non-aligned movement. And before then, uh, in, there was a there was a Afro-Asian conference in Indonesia. Mm. And when Asian countries, I'm sure Sumatra, um, Sukarno, um, who is the founder of the, the conference, uh, started this this conference, I think he was uh, uh, he, he imagined more like ideal relationship of uh, the, the two two continents to mm. against Western powers. But now the non non movement also, I mean, is still existing. But it's I don't think it's it's working. For example, when when uh, Russian attacked Ukraine, UN has uh, announced the. Uh, yeah, and, and they have like official announcement, but the normalized movement to they don't have any official announcement. So mm. yeah, this this is uh just like an ideal uh like a imagination, like an ideal relationship, like a imagination. So yes. but the, the, from this uh, meaningful meeting a conference, this kind of uh the Asian and Africans relation uh has been uh changed to like a economical way, way and a political way. So I'm more focusing on um, those two continent relationship uh, over, over uh, North Korean and African relationship. Mm, okay, so you're looking more broadly. Yes. Well, is there something we can learn from your project about power relationships between Kim Il-sung and African leaders? I think Kim Il-sung now, okay, when it comes to construction business in Africa, yeah, you know, everybody said uh, Chinese occupied those fields ah. in African countries. But actually, before Chinese started this kind of uh, construction business, yes. North Korea started uh, this kind of uh, business uh, earlier than that. Uh, and this is a yeah, very innovative, innovative mind, I think. But yeah, now North Korea you know they are kind of isolated countries in the yeah. world and and africa is 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 grows fast and economically culturally and 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 africans power are uh bigger than before but most koreans uh, are getting changed in a bad way i think mm. yeah so um i think kim il-sung also has a very uh, ideal um uh, some like a he has this ideal picture on this relationship uh, between two 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 lands, two two continents, like a like a, a, a cardinal. But um, now those kind of history shows us 
um, the past is past, and then um, the the son of Kim Il Sung, I mean the the grandson of Kim Il Sung, yeah, uh, doesn't follow this kind of father's uh, uh, the idea, right? Now. After 10 years of work on your project, you've, you've published a book uh, that's just come out, I mentioned at the start, uh, International Friendship, The Gifts from Africa. And I'm looking at the cover of your book. Um, what is the image on the front cover? Which statue is that? Yeah, uh, that was the new statue of the former president of Zimbabwe, Nkomo, mm -hmm. in Bulawayo City. Ah, in Bulawayo, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then the... the there was a North Korean statue on the same spot, and uh, it has been removed by uh, Blawayo uh, citizens. Okay, so this is the, the statue that replaced the North Korean statue? Yes, exactly. Okay. So I, I, I put a backside image as the uh, pedestal uh, of North Korea made, like an empty pedestal. Ah, okay. Uh, on and the back of the book. Yeah, back of the book. And okay. the front, front, front image was a, a new statue built by a uh, Zimbabwean artist. Right. Now, obviously, uh, in a book, it's not possible to include the, uh, the three-screen uh, sort of tri-channel uh, video documentary that you made, nor is it possible to include the, the 3D replicas of the artwork. So what does your book show? What's, what's in it? I made the book before... Uh, long time I made the book long time ago, ah. but um, I didn't involve the design process at the time. Mm. And but the, this book, uh, I collaborate with the designer, and uh, I wanted to make like a different piece from uh, like my like a, like a museum presentation. Yes, but because the, the, the book, I, I think a book is a. Is something different than uh, different medium, of course. Yeah. So when I when I present my work at the museum, I as I said, I wanted to display in between North Korean library and a promotion room mm -hmm. of, of a, a North Korean art. But when I when I make this book, I wanted to show my work as a uh reference uh like for example photographic works uh, i wanted to i wanted to be this these images uh, uh can be reference for researchers uh who are interested in um this subject or who are uh, researching on um this kind of relations mm. yeah so uh i invited historians and curators and and from different fields then I wanted to tie these different uh, opinions uh, in my book. Right. Yeah. So you've got your book has um, photographs, of course, but also a number of essays from academics, historians, and curators, as you mentioned. Uh, now, uh, full disclosure to our listeners, I did actually uh, copy edit or proofread those essays for Wandrin. So I was involved in that part of the project, but not in the, uh, in the design process. So tell me how and why you chose these people to write essays for your book and, and how those essays contributed to your book. Yeah, uh, this is documentary project, of course, and mm. uh, I'm an artist, but this project basically related to historical issues, uh, hist historical and political issues. So 
without mentioning historical uh, aspects, it's difficult to convey a full story to audiences. So uh, this is a basically uh, artist monograph, but at the same time, uh, I, I wanted to make this book like a, not, not, not only for art people. Yeah, people right, so like serious history. Yes, exactly. Like a, like a documentary in a book form. Yes, yes, yes. And, and what did you, I mean, what, what, what was the process that you uh, went through to decide who you want to invite to write an essay for your book? Well, first of all, when I had a show, I already used the Charles K. Armstrong's book mm -hmm. as an archive. So I, I considered Charles K. Armstrong uh, for my like a history and a political section. And, and I uh, invited curator who invited this project before. And uh, Ok Changjun, yeah, he, he's, he's the researcher, like an expert on uh, international relations. And he, 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 he wanted to uh, compare um, my project with the North Korean noble far away from fatherland. Right. Yeah, and and in the book, in the in the novel, North Koreans researchers and the government officials went to Guinea, Equatorial Guinea, and then they teach, they taught agriculture skill, right. agriculture skill. But the funny thing, funny thing is, uh, I had the same archive film that that exactly same as the novel. Oh, so you had uh, real footage. Yeah, which tells people. the same story as the novel about North Korean agricultural scientists in Guinea. Yes, but but I didn't know he he I didn't know I I I never heard about the novel. Yeah, and uh, Ok Changjun also didn't know much about the Putizi, so I uh, suggested him to use my Putizi and compare to novel. Yeah, and and the he wrote a very interesting, very uh, well uh, analyzed uh, mm -hmm. North Koreans. Uh, Polish toward Africa. Yeah. Yeah. It was a very interesting, different mixture of perspectives that you have in the essays. You've got uh, an American academic and a, and a Latvian curator, and of course, a South Korean art historian. So it was interesting to get all the different perspectives, the different voices in there. Mm, yeah. So I hope many people uh, from different fields are able to read my book. Mm. Where can people buy your book? I didn't check Amazon yet. Sorry. Okay. But, <laughs> Yeah, probably there will be my book on Amazon. Yeah, and the the, the publisher's website as well. Okay, so the the, uh, the title of the book once more that's uh, International Friendship: The Gifts from Africa by Che Won Jun, and it's published by uh, a, a German publishing company, Kera. That's K E H R E R. Thank you. Uh, and you can also find out more on the uh, on Che Won Jun's personal website which we'll put a link on the uh, NK News podcast show notes page, but, or you can just go to C-H-E-O-N-E-J-O-O-N.com, Chewonjun.com. After 10 years and publishing this book, do you feel that you're finished with North Korea now? I wanted to go Angola. Yeah. There are many uh, North Korean art. Mm. There, were, there, there is a mural and statue yeah. and monuments. Yeah, uh, if I have an opportunity, I wanted to go. I, I want to go to Africa again. Um, and I mean, regardless of this book project, yeah, yeah, I just want to continuously record 
and documented North Koreans like art in Africa. Well, that's interesting. It, it seems like your mission is still not complete. So I wish you good luck with that. And thank you once again, Che Won Jun, for coming on the NK News podcast. Thank you very much today. Ladies and gentlemen, if you already have an NK News subscription, take a look at our NK Pro platform, which offers unparalleled services specifically catered to the needs of professionals who monitor developments on the Korean Peninsula. You can inquire about access or a free trial at membership at nknews.org today. Also, if you have any feedback, questions or guest recommendations, please send them to podcast at nknews.org. Our thanks as always to Arius Dare and Brian Betts for facilitating the podcast and to Gabby Magnuson, our post-recording producer genius. Thanks and listen again next time. <laughs>